This is the Making Waves podcast sponsored by Ripple Effect. My name is Dave Rotland, and I'm here with Scott Odenbach. What district are you from, Scott? Hey, Dave. I represent District 31, which is all of beautiful Lawrence County out in the Black Hills, and appreciate the chance to be with you today and talk to you and your listeners about uh, some of these big issues we're facing. There are a number in the legislature right now, one of which is House Joint Resolution 5001. Could you tell us just a little bit about that, what it, what it means? What it means is we're going to change the way we've selected our candidates uh, for our constitutional offices, our statewide offices in South Dakota from the way we've done it really, I think, since about 1917. And uh, instead of nominate these people at our state conventions where our precinct people have a say in who it is, we're going to end up uh, putting those all at a statewide primary, which is, you know, subject to such an influence of big money, outside money, et cetera. And so the offices that we're talking about are lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, state auditor, state treasurer, commissioner of school and public lands, and the PUC commissioners. And then, of course, in the years when we have a presidential election, the precinct people choose the presidential electors and the national committee man and committee woman of the party. A lot of this was sparked, you know, back in 2022 with the convention that I guess some would characterize as out of control and others would characterize as, you know, a grassroots, grassroots uprising. And so, you know, I think there's a consensus probably in the legislature that the governor should select their own lieutenant governor candidate. And, and there's a bill Senator Melhoff is doing in Senate Bill 13 to do that. And I think that'll have broad support. But uh, but HJR 5001 goes much further and uh, really upends, you know, more than a century of, of, a, of a way that's worked really well, I think. And and it's frankly Republican form of government rather than pure democracy. What people don't understand, I think, is that these precinct people do represent their constituents. They are elected to their precinct by the Republicans in their precinct. And they those are the people that go on to nominate the nominees at convention. Exactly. You know, I've had a good bit of experience with precinct people in my life going all the way back as a young man when I used to be executive director of the Minnehaha County Party back in the 90s. And we managed to get a whole lot done by filling all those precinct slots and working very closely with those party activists who were, you know, really the backbone of the party and of being able to to push through a conservative agenda. And if we basically dilute uh, their influence and dilute the ability of, of those types of folks to be involved and have an influence, it's going to be a whole different party, really, with a whole different focus on, you know, probably more national issues or, or issues driven by, you know, shall we say, moneyed elites who can push the agenda uh, away from the things that otherwise grassroots people might focus on. I think what a lot of people don't understand that in a primary, it's going to cost quite a bit of money to uh, run in a primary if you're running for PUC or you're running for treasurer. And that does mean that donors have a lot more influence over the process. It's going to cost a statewide office you're running for as a primary and uh, running for secretary of state or, or treasurer or auditor. This is, this, these are offices that would have requirements, a lot of them. So it would be a lot of money involved here with, with, uh, with running a primary. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody who might want to step up, say, for example, to run for commissioner of school and public lands if you had to, you know, raise half a million to get in the ring against a different candidate that might be favored by, you know, 
folks with more money or establishment or whatever you say, or whatever you call it, excuse me. I just think that there was a reason the founders of South Dakota had, had put the existing situation uh, in place. And I, I think the most conservative, quote unquote, uh, move here is to leave it just as it's been. And it's a system that's worked for over a century, as you said. It has. Again, I say that uh, with an asterisk by the lieutenant governor, because I think that as close as they need to work together, I, I, I think there's a great argument. It makes sense. And I, I will probably be voting for, unless I hear something really out of the ordinary or a really good argument, I'll be supporting that bill. I think uh, uh, Senator Melhoff and Representative uh, Baumuller have a good bill there to deal with that. You know, I agree with you. I've been advocating for several years now that the lieutenant governor sim- should simply be elected or selected by the governor candidate once they win the primary. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, a more rational system, and it lo- allows the party more flexibility to move their convention possibly to before the primary, which would make it much more relevant to the party and to the primary, in fact. Right. This bill, one thing I was going to mention is that uh, in, in conjunction with this bill, we have the open or primaries uh, initiative that's going around. The uh, Democrats want to open the primaries or so that, frankly, Democrats can vote in the Republican primaries. So this would have been an angle that people don't seem to realize. We're going to try to open the primary so Democrats can vote in the Republican primary, and then at the same time, open up all our nominations to the primary system. Right. I, I see this moving us in that direction. And so, you know, the Democrats are so far out of the mainstream with the, the positions that they're taking that they've become, you know, almost irrelevant. And this is a way to begin to let them claw back to relevance without having to possibly change their policy positions to get more in line with, with where the voters of South Dakota are. And I think it's also part of a larger theme of, you know, you, you hear people like Hillary Clinton, for example, always talking about our democracy or, or President Biden, our democracy. Well, we have a republic, as, as Ben Franklin said, what kind of system have you given us, sir? And he answered a republic if you can keep it. And, yes, and, and moving us, you know, you know, moving us towards this idea of all these questions have to be part of a direct democracy submitted right to the voters, you know, get rid of the electoral college, get rid of precinct people, what have you, um, is not necessarily the system that we were given by our founders, whether of a, as our, of, as our nation or, or, or as a, as a state. And so, you know, yeah, this open primaries make, making us more like the big states, the big cities, um, I'm not sure that's a direction we ought to just travel down willy-nilly without thinking through the larger consequences. One of the arguments that the, that, that's been used to support this idea, uh, at least open primaries and some of the others, is that uh, there are less than half of the offices are primary. But I'd like to point out it's the Democrats who like primaries. I believe it was in 2016. And correct me if I'm wrong, they only had three primaries in the entire state. Republicans have primaries. You know, Republicans do compete with each other and put up candidates and have competition with each other. And so I don't think that argument really applies to either uh, 5001 or the open primaries initiative. Yeah, I mean, I think if, again, if your party is relevant and active and vibrant and recruiting candidates and debating issues, um, it's going to have primaries. You know, it's going to have people competing uh, within them. And so 
I guess the arguments from the Democrat side of things, it's relevant insofar as state law applies to all parties, and it's going to apply to them as well. And I think whether you're Republican or Democrat, you should take a a tough look at whether you'd want to just throw this system out. But but this bill, let's let's not let's be clear. I guess I'd say this bill and this debate is is really an internecine warfare issue within the Republican Party that stems from the 2022 convention. And it's something that that we in the party are in the midst of hashing out. Uh, What is a conservative? What do we stand for? And this is just a small piece of that larger debate. You know, I think I'd point out that it goes back before 2022. They tried this before. And this this has been tried uh, previously after the 2018 convention. And I think that part of it here is sour grapes. There's some people who did not get the result that they wanted, so they want to change the system. Right. And and that may be the case. And, and I guess I always come down on the side of if you're losing, make better arguments. Work harder. <laughs> Don't course. change the rules. Well, Scott, thank you for being on with us. Is there any final thoughts before we sign off? Um, just appreciate the chance to expound on this a little bit more, Dave. And I would encourage uh, all your listeners to stay vigilant and reach out to their legislators and find out you know, if they're if they're supporting this and, and urge them not to. Thank you, Representative Odenbach. Really appreciate it. This has been the Making Waves podcast. My name is Dave Roman.